If you can say the word good, guess what? It means you're still alive. It means you're still breathing. And if you're still breathing, well, then hell, you still got some fight left in you. So get up, dust off, reload, recalibrate, re-engage, and go out on the attack. We're starting for real in okay. when Gilmore gives me this thing. No, you're good. All right. The signal has been said. <laughs> We're back. Episode 117 or 16. Michaela's back in the studio. Now a regular guest to keep things interesting. Thank you. Um, We've just been, we literally recorded it. We should have recorded a podcast before this and put it on Patreon and, char- <laughs> and charge people for that. Yeah, a lot, of, lot of insight, a lot of personal insights been getting dropped oh, already. Yeah. But we have a date for the Alpha Bravo Canine Walk. It's the 23rd of April. Shout out. Raising money and awareness for Alpha Bravo Canine. They train service dogs and then donate them to veterans in need. So we expect to see you participate in that. It's... Uh, in Washington Crossings, Pennsylvania. We'll release more information. The 23rd of April. This is Saturday. Block it out. You're good to go. Yeah. Um, And then also hit the smash, like, subscribe button. Yeah, smash all those shits. Yeah, smash all the buttons. (laughs) Um, And then, um, well, I was going to say your buttons too, but you're powering your website down to repower it. Yeah, under construction, new look, new branding, coming back, looking clean. Woo! (laughs) Yeah, we were talking about your logo before um, we started recording. You're just updating your logo to kind of capture yeah. the, the developed business. Exactly. Just like how you have anything kind of like with a, you know, a butterfly. You have your caterpillar first. So my logo is from when my business was a baby when I first started it. So our services, our reach, and just the in the general whole of the company isn't exactly in tune or in harmony with the logo that was originally what it once was you know it was just me party of one but now we have a team we've all these different services so i want a logo that represents us now in our current state and what we look to be moving forward um and just you know have better brand identity and establish ourselves so i was like you know what the next stride is to change our branding so I'm a little sad. I know I kind of shared that with you because a lot of it is like a personal piece because I was really attached to it because I was so proud of all the growth that I had from the beginning. But I know you've had growth in your companies and have seen things as they evolve. So I am excited and nervous. Um, Brandon coming out March 4th. Check it out. Um, I can relate to that. I had um, tradition construction. Mm. That's probably the closest example of that. When we... When John and I came together, all of that kind of wasn't needed anymore. And that was like a company that was probably like my first, you know, or second like success right, right. and things. And I drew, hand drew, I mean, the logo is incredibly difficult to print and there was complications with that or like mm. different things. But mm-hmm. I like hand drew my logo back in the day and it was kind of like a, a crest. It was like a, a night helmet with like these kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. like very f- flowerly type like thing. Detailed, and yeah, detailed it was a lot of detail. Work. And then 
my experience with that was like I was attached to the logo. I was attached to the business because that was like my first, you know, real go at business. And I, I guess I just knew that, you know, I had to let this go for the next big thing. And it wasn't, it really wasn't that hard because what we were working on was so cool that it was very easy for me to kind of separate from that. But I still have like a couple shirts or things like floating around that like, yeah occasionally yeah ariel has like a smaller sweatshirt my brother has a bunch of stuff still a couple people still have things um i still have some like you know stuff that hasn't been worn yet that like ariel will be like let's just donate let's put it to good good send it to goodwill or something i'm like no no i'm attached i might want to frame that t-shirt someday i don't know what i would do with it like a jersey you know i'm already thinking about this i was like how they put like sports jerseys and frames and they keep sign it i was (laughs) like retire like polos i was like every time my logo changes i'm gonna have like my old polo like frames up and ready to go and be like look grandchildren your grandma did that. Grandchildren, <laughs> you don't even have kids yet. No, but this is like years in the future. Years in the future. That's really cool. A lot of a lot of big companies do that. If you look through Coca Cola's progression of logos that they have, exactly. they always exactly. keep their old shit. That, that's that's a pretty cool thing to do. Yeah. I'm thinking ahead Gilmar, here. Gilmar thinks future. we're on the same level as Coca Cola. Yeah. I mean, we could be, bro. Yeah, yeah. So sure. Give me fifty years. Our, lo- our logo is super super simple now, and it's just kind of. Um, we had the Revival Craftworks and Revival, and then we had Audex Homes, and then it was just kind of like, is it worth making two simultaneous brands at once? And we're just like, nope. So it just became Audex Revival. But you also have the coolest business merch such logo because your guys' designs are awesome. I've told you this. I was <laughs> like, I need you to design mine. Like, where's your printing from? Because you guys look like it's, it's honestly, if I was on your team, I would be hyped up to wear your shirts simply because they look like a, a sick brand. Like, I was like, honestly, if I saw this in like a Paxson or something, I'd be like, Yo, that's sick. That you're shirt. not the first person to say that. And I love <laughs> hearing good. that. What <laughs> Gilmar's heard, somebody called it um, like sh- street fashion or something. Yeah, it street is. Wear. Street wear. jeans and bands with it. Like yeah. the, the white shirt that you have with the, the one Flowery. that you, you have a, a crossover with you. Is that correct, Gilmar? It's like the one that you helped with. Yeah, I mean, do I mean pretty much has something to do with everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one though, I I wear that one. I like cuff up the sleeves, so I'll tuck it in and put a belt on. I'm like, oh shit, I look fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I make it feel real good. Yeah, when I I came out with like this idea, I was like, I want to do like a jungle print kind of shirt, and we had a couple like versions of it, and it just mm-hmm. wasn't. It just never was f- that you know what we wanted, and then I I forget what happened with. Gilmar came up with one. He was like, this is pretty good. And then we got it printed. And they actually didn't print it in the colors that, like, I wanted it oh. to be printed in. But it came out. And I looked at it. And I was like, this is actually pretty cool. Might, this might have been yeah. the best mistake yet. <laughs> yeah, I was going for more of, like, more green with some, like, vibrant colors. Mm. And it came out with, like, this, like, bluish green it's kind of. Like blue green, yeah. And it, um, it slaps. It does. It's definitely, like. It, it turned out, I mean, it, like we were talking about with um, different projects and things, right. I've kind of learned over the years that you, 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 you know, run the ball and then wherever it is, you just got to be okay with it. And if, you know, we could probably could have spent hours redesigning that shirt, but For at sure. a certain point, it's like the shirt looks cool. We need the shirt. The shirt goes to the printer, we get the printer, and now we're handing the shirts out and everybody loves them, whereas, like, we could have kept going on that design. Of course. So that's something 
you know, I struggle with, with just making sure everything's like the closest to the vision. And we've learned, I feel like Gilmar could probably relate to this, like with putting out our content and stuff like those, like the reels and videos you make back when I was making them, um, pre Gilmore B BG <laughs> BG <laughs> like you could keep editing and editing and you know shorting or clipping like there was always something to make it a little bit better but the goal is to make it like as high quality as possible in the shortest amount of time as possible mm-hmm. no yeah for sure because like when you make our reels like it takes you a little bit of time yeah, but you just time. bump them out like mm-hmm. you're just like this is done it goes out and people like occasionally I'll look at them and, and like I'll catch something that like oh, I'm sure like if he had unlimited time he would have done this differently or that differently, but nobody sees that but us. Yeah, people appreciate the authenticity too. So like rather than like making it so perfect, you know, if you mess up or for example, if you had to clip the podcast or do something, like people mess up all the time. Like the streams is like one big block usually. It's not like little bits and pieces that you put together. But if you tried to clip parts and put them together, it's not the same effect. It's not a fluid conversation, and nobody speaks perfectly all the time. I don't you know. think we. Edit I don't think you. I've never heard a podcast that you do. Clipped up too much. Like occasionally, yeah. somebody will say something like, that's off like the a record. Off the record. That's like a secret, <laughs> or like they, you know, they would like change. Like usually with guests, has we'll, anyone ever slipped about a mistress? A mistress? Mm, I don't think so. Oh. Mm. Fortunately, no. Not yet. Yeah, yeah not yet. Goals. <laughs> it might happen. Goals. Add it to the board. Yeah. <laughs> we need mistress talk. To the, no, yeah, to the I don't board. know anybody with a mistress. Or maybe they have one and they just haven't told you. Yeah, but I'm like the type of... I would think that, like, I'm somebody that you would tell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you don't don't really... I don't... You don't run your mouth. It's not... I mean, I definitely can run my mouth with the best of them. But, like, something like that, that, I'm like, that's not my business. Yeah, that's true. That's not my business. Thanks for sharing that. That's cool. Yeah. I like the dirt, you know? (laughs) A little drama, a little live drama. Yeah, let me get that. (laughs) Shout out if you've got a mistress and you want to come on the show. We'll black your face out. We're like, (laughs) dude, can we do that? Can we change the voice so it's like, yeah, we can do that too. (laughs) We'll do all that shit. And just have them come and confess it. Yeah. Just be like, get it clean off your, you know what? Hear me out. Confession. Okay. On one side of the podcast. Wait, are you confessing? No, the other side, instead of being a priest, you're just on the other side of the vent being like, what are your sins? Oh, dude, confession <laughs> podcast. Yeah. What was our other podcast? We came, we had a podcast. The news podcast. Yeah, the news podcast. Oh, fuck, what was it called? What was something, it? It was something. Cash news. Cash, cash news. Yeah, yeah cash news. news, dude. Yeah, casual news, bro. Casual news. It's like you might need to fact check us, but we're pretty on point, <laughs> right? If somebody tries to cancel us and be like, dude, CNN's like mostly bullshit <laughs> we're not that much bullshit so technically we're better than cnn yeah i feel like our podcast all as it is is probably more like factually accurate than oh most for sure news channels for sure i don't i get most of my news from andrew to be honest <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how healthy that is just oh saying, shit you know? <laughs> yeah all of a sudden it's like just not the happy dude anymore just angry all the time <laughs> nah, bro, I, just take it in. I just <laughs> wear them on i live with him like right, it's cool yeah, <laughs> yeah. If Gilmar could be turned to the dark side, I would have turned him already. But he's still happy. He's still a happy There's guy. Some just shiny light inside of you. He's right. got that, you know, mental fortitude, bro. Mental fortitude. <laughs> Stay strong. <laughs> mental fortitude. I forget, dude. I use the word uh, or phrase testicular fortitude with. Um, wow. Dude, I think Mitch Black. Really. Where and I were working out, and we were talking about somebody not like, just like they weren't. They were quitting a lot. 
I forget oh. who we were talking about. I'll talk about them live on the show if I remember. <laughs> and I'll, so and is, I was, this, is this term that can be used for men and women or specifically for guys? Like you have to actually have testicles to have testicular fortitude. I'd like to think it's a political... A applicable to all genders okay, and she's got balls you know yeah that girl's got some newts <laughs> yeah, she's got, got it you know like she's it. testicular got some testicular fortitude yeah I like it's it. like a nicer way to say like you're tough you got balls okay. you got, you got okay. some balls i feel like girls you can say you got balls like yeah, that yo that car balls. that car's got balls yeah you know what i'm saying it gets up and go yep. like there's no reason why females or whatever your associated gender you think like, you should be able to like you know get some balls yeah that right. same like label of like the the character characteristics that come with it, I like it. Yeah, I like it. I'm about it. Yeah. yeah, that's gender neutral, man. Like I would think you're testicular. Test- testicular. You're fortified. Fortified. Yeah. Not testicularly calcified. fortified. Yeah, I don't know if that's a word. Testicularly. It is now, bro. It I is like now. You go make an urban dictionary entry. Beep beep beep. Yeah. So, you know, secure it, lock it down. Yo, just TF. <laughs> Ooh, TF. yo, you're TF. Just TF. I feel like that could work. That yeah. could be a thing. I'm going to start hashtagging yeah, Carl's got TF. some TF. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. Yeah, dude. How would you say that in Spanish? T-F-A? T-F-A? T-F-A. I don't know. We just, we just like just urban Spanish. Urban Spanish it. it. Urban Spanish it. Bro. Uh, Spanglish. I forgot. Huevos would mean nuts. You got eggs, yeah. Yeah. Fortitude. I don't know how to say that in Spanish. Fortificado. Fortificado. Actually, that might be it. Is it? That might be it. That sounds right. We don't need everybody to know about my Spanish. And we're not going to Google this either. (laughs) We're not going to Google this. We had a podcast one time. Mm -hmm. We lost the podcast. It was the only time it ever happened. And we got over 100 episodes before it happened. Oh, my God. Where, like, something went wrong technically with the equipment, and we, like, the episode just didn't work, so we had to, like, redo it. Mm -hmm. But on that episode, what was it? Crypto. It was crypto. Oh, yeah. So we're <laughs> on the podcast, and I was like, I was really on fire that mm-hmm. night. I had all the jokes flying. You're feeling it. Love it. And we were talking about cryptocurrency. I was like, you know you know how they, you know what they call crypto in Mexico or something? And, and Tyler and Gilmore was like, no, what? I was like, crypto. And they <laughs> lost it laughing. And then we went to Google and, like, could Google translate? No. And Google Translator was literally like, crypto. Yeah. <laughs> and we were all like, whoa. That shit was hilarious. It literally sounded like me. I was so mad. It was such a good joke that, like, if it actually had come out, people would have thought we rehearsed it. So you're like, you're like, you go in the bathroom, you're like, how can I work this into a joke? I'm pathetic like that. I'm pathetic like that. But that time I didn't do that. I don't think I've ever planned a joke on this episode. Usually it's just stuff that just flies out. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, ooh. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you say some shit. And yeah. it's funny as fuck. Um, and I just, yeah. It is you know, whatever. We're still looking at this like tattooed individual. Oh, I forgot all about that. <laughs> I don't even know what this is. Tattoo cover up, but it's like starting to. Is that looks like crypto Jesus? <laughs> Jesus crypto. <laughs> oh, is that Jesus Cristo? Jesus crypto. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Yo, look at that, bro. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know, Jesus Cristo is Jesus Christ in Spanish. <laughs> if your name is Jesus in Spanish, unless you have Cristo after the end. You're good. You're good. You get the pass. But no. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anybody named Jesus. And that's like I actually a, know one guy named Jesus. Jesus or Jesus? Jesus. Yes, yeah, shit. That's 
but that's not but the they, same. But they called him Jesus in, in, in high school. Yeah, but that was a joke. We knew a kid, Joe Teresi's cousin, we used to call him Jesus because he literally, like, had long hair and he, like, was very friendly with everybody. Uh-huh. But his name was Joe. Or no, it was Johnny. Yeah, Johnny, Col- Johnny. Johnny Coletta. Shout out. Chill, shout out, Hope bro. Shout out dude. Johnny Coletta. Dude, I think it would be... Like you, you would need some serious TF in order to name your kid Jesus, like Caucasian. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what if you were married to like a Latina ch- chick and she was just like, I really like the name Jesus, but like your name is like Daryl Miller. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Jesus Miller. And just like, they're like, I really like the name Jesus, but like, oh man, I don't want to offend my wife. I guess we're going with Jesus Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that? That's such a terrible name. Be like going through like the going through the thing. Be like, okay, we got uh, Michaela. Cool, check. All right, you're here, Andrew Mann. Cool. Mm -hmm. Jesus Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Am I pronouncing that correctly? (laughs) Makes no sense. There's an accent over the earler. It's like Miller. Miller. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little eye, the little yes. dash. Me llamo the Jesus Miller. <laughs> Miller. <laughs> That's Jesus. crazy. How did we, we went from. Uh, Keeping it professional, talking yeah, about Jesus this. Miller. It's like getting a new logo, talking about some fortitude. Jesus Miller. <laughs> yeah. No, I wanted to go back to the thing about perfection. Like knowing yeah. when to stop. I feel that you're very good at knowing when to stop, though. Creatively, it's different, though, because I really? think on the inside, we're all artists. You know, you see something, you fucking hate it and work it till it's perfect. Yeah. But I feel that you're probably good at this, too, because huh. people that do well in business usually know when to stop something. It's um, kind of, I think, I don't know, maybe that's true. I'd have to think about that and, like, mm. how I process that. But I think it's just because I have, I tend to have so much to do. You're, I was going to say you're forced to stop. It's not necessarily that I want to stop. It's that something takes a higher priority or something is like, for example, like if you're trying to edit a video for hours on end, there are other priorities that are going to rank above it, especially as a business owner, entrepreneur, mm. or any space. Or, some, for example, director of marketing over there. You know, <laughs> you have all of these, like, different things to get done for different platforms, whether for the podcast or for Audax Revival. You know, I see you guys blasted on Instagram it looks great by the way but it's one of those things where it's like there's other stuff to do you have a task list you gotta get done so I can want to be detail oriented and try to hone it in to make it perfect but at a certain point it's due and you don't have an option to continue with it you know yeah I definitely agree I think where I learned to get good at that was architecture school Mm -hmm. because the difference with you know um business or finance or like going to school for that is like you can kind of lie about it (laughs) there's no real deliverables like you you either learn it or you don't and then it's test time but with an arc like in architecture school there's like always deliverables like you have to draw things you have to come in with models you have to build stuff have like rationale as to like why your model looks like this you can't just show up with a cool looking model because they'll be like okay like what's what is your what is why'd you do this and you have to like come up with reasons and when i was in architecture school um i also was running a business full-time so uh, as were like i mean the people i went to school with either had jobs in architecture field already so like they were already professionals and they had day jobs so all of the models and things that you had to produce like you just ran out of time at some at a certain point so you kind of had to like be like, all right, I'm going to spend this much time on the models. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to get to the drawings. Like, 
you you could redraw a whole thing, especially hand drawing before we started using computers, like the line, like how you do all the lines and like the lightweight lines represent something and the heavy, like all that, like you have to think through that process as you're doing it. So when you're new in, in that field, you kind of like, you make a lot of mistakes on your drawings. Like you go into a whole thing and then you're like 70% done and you're like, Ooh, I should use the wrong pencil for that. <laughs> like, and you, you know, some teachers will be like, you got to redo this now. But you know, at that point you're like, well, no, like, I'm just going to keep going. If they notice this mistake, I just, it needed to get done because I can't show up with nothing. Mm. Um, there were people in the school that would like literally just show up and they'd be like, yeah, I just didn't get it done. How one of the, one of the dudes had, I'm assuming it's not like a pop quiz drawing. You have to know about this in advance. No. Yeah. And some, some people would just be like, look, I just design block. Like I couldn't come up with a good idea. Like I came up with these sketches and I just like excuses. couldn't get past this. Excuses. Yeah. Sometimes it was excuses. I would say, there's four culprits mm. and the one kid had, I I don't, I don't know what his challenge was, but I think he had Asperger's or some sort of like, you know, disconnect on like a social level. Okay. So he would come in like incredibly frazzled every class mm. and his models, like his SketchUp models were insane I was say probably, yeah. so much detail like he designed like he showed us this one time completely in his free time had designed an entire like high-rise building in sketchup which if you know anything about sketchup it's not the platform to do that like everything is very manually done there's there's other mm -hmm. software programs that kind of like you can put in the parameters you're trying to stay in and it'll like help you generate a lot of the information whereas sketchup like it's just lines and planes and shapes you so like, to, like go in there the amount the detail. of detail it took to like create an entire detailed structure he showed us this on his computer one day and we were like what <laughs> <laughs> what it was like sim city but he had built it That's and we crazy. were like i was like how's your computer even powerful enough to <laughs> like render this whole model but when it came to like deliverables or working outside of like his schedule complete fucking nightmare that's crazy like he would show up to class and it was like sweating and running around printing stuff last minute and the teachers obviously knew that something else was going course, on because like everybody gets that heads up and mm. you know the well academic support center you know. uh, yeah academic world um he eventually dropped out and became like a computer science major and probably went on to be like very successful with computers uh not completely lost track of him i've looked crazy yeah there's one of the people i still can like talk to in school i'm like did you ever find out what happened to him because he just like left our program but then like somebody told me that like oh they ran into him like on the train or something like after the fact oh, yeah. and we're like he would change his major to computer science or programming it kind of like makes sense though he was insanely you know? good at computers it makes sense. He, f he found his calling yeah he to, you know pivot a little bit but the perfection thing is something you gotta shit or get off the pot you know mm -hmm. kind of thing like you can't like does it really matter if it's perfect? Like sometimes you think it does, but what matters is just kind of getting the reps in. And if you don't ever, you don't ever do one, like how do you expect the Like is what That's it is. True. It's the, the same. Other, it's the same way with any four students. Yeah. The th other, the one other girl uh, got pregnant early oh. into the program and nice. she was like, the, you had to maintain the program tempo. Oh, but then they made an exception for her. So she was allowed to do less classes because she was pregnant. And, like, I was like, what do you mean? 
How's that fair? Like this one dude, I forget what I his feel name like if was. If you said that, more people would be start getting pregnant. Like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. There was a guy. There was a. I forget what his name was. I'm, I'm gonna look him up after the podcast. But he was like, um, he was an immigrant. He lived up like I think he lived close to New York City. Okay. And I went to Drexel. Like he literally was commuting like three hours one way to get to class at night. Like, and he had a family. That's insane. So I had like. There was people like that, and then there was, like, the posers. Mm. I was kind of a poser. Once <laughs> I got to the closer to the end of architecture school, I was like, uh, what am I doing here? <laughs> but with him, it's like you look at that guy, and you're like, he's he's struggling a little bit with, like, being perfect or yeah. following through on his models. But I'm like, he's also spending six hours in the car just yeah. to come to class. I'm like, he... The circumstances are he, different. I was like, how bad do you want this? Really freaking bad. He must have thought he really wanted it really bad. Yeah. I hope he. I hope he made it. I don't I know because do especially if you're commuting with a family and have that all going on. Yeah. But there was a lot of that because like the program was was accelerated and at nighttime to accommodate for like people that decided they wanted to be architects mm-hmm. as adults, and it was really demanding. And I remember like interacting with those people and just being like, "Wow." I don't want it that bad. <laughs> like if I had to drive three hours to get here because the only two there was like two or three programs in the country at that time that like accommodated people that way because architecture school I guess is like very hands-on and they want you in school like with the teachers and stuff it was like Boston University Drexel and like Arizona State so I was like good thing I lived close to Philly (laughs) yeah right Um, but yeah perfection yeah that's something I've been learning about it um you know, not everything needs to be perfect, especially with ideas. Because mm-hmm. if you sit on an idea for too long and you don't get it out, you know, that's just going to get lost or whatever the fuck. It's always good to just plant that seed, you know. Just bring that idea even if it's not perfect or yeah. set. I kind of, like, suffer from too many ideas. <laughs> mm, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. Yeah. And too many ideas. Like, there's always just, like, we should do this. We should do that. And then you get excited about different things. And then it's like, and like, where do I start? I got so many. And then mm. God forbid someone's like, oh, that's a good idea. I'll be like, yeah, it is. And then I'm gotta like, got it. a little bit more rocket yeah, fuel. Exactly. People are like, we need to slow Andrew down and get him back at the construction. <laughs> in construction <laughs> Stop mode. having so many ideas. You know, stop having so many ideas. We got to do one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. That was probably my biggest, like, personal obstacle in business was doing too many things at once. Where I wasn't giving, like, 100% to one thing. And then I was kind of like frustrated. It's like, well, why isn't this working? Why am I getting the results? And that was like the perfect example from like architect school, business, like the relationship I was in. Like everything was kind of like not going the way I wanted. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of one day I just all clicked. I'm like, well, business isn't going well because I leave early every day to go to school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the next morning I'm like worried about the homework that's due the next week. And like, am I going to be able to hang out with my friends on the week? So I had like no social time. You know, business was struggling because I wasn't focused on it. Like, school was struggling because I was, like, worried about the business, but also kind of worried about school. And then it's just, like, relationships going bad because, like, I'm doing too many things. And it's just, like, you, you, I've gotten better at just kind of being, like, all right, we're going to focus on this one thing at at a time. I still suck at it. I like that you say that. I forget what book it was. I have to go back and think, but I was reading this one book and it was basically saying how when you try to balance your life, like you can't do it. It's literally impossible. 
because balancing means that you are, and I don't want to overuse this word, but it means that you are giving the same amount of effort, time, and attention to every single thing that you have. That's not true. You have to be able to prioritize. So rather than trying to balance your life, you need to juggle it, but juggle it being able to prioritize, hey, what do I need to have in my hands right now? What can I throw up? What doesn't matter? Not that it doesn't matter, but like, you know, it's still there. You still see it. It's still in your peripheral vision, but it's not your main focus. But as soon as you, I guess, quote unquote, like drop the ball, that's when things can go to crap. So rather than trying to like keep like, you know, like the relationship, school, business, all at the same level, I think it's important to understand when you need to put your time and attention to one task and one to the other, which kind of brings it back though, which is hard to do, especially if you are focused on that perfectionism. Because oftentimes, at least with myself, and I'm sure you guys can relate, is that I only end up switching my priorities when I have to. When I have something due, not when I know I should, but when literally it's like the final straw to pull something out. It's like I have to transition. I have to do this. I have to start this now. That happened kind of like with the whole like happiness podcast Mm. where it was just like I just reached a point where it was just like "Eh, can't keep doing it this way. Your body is no more. It's not tolerating this. But I listen. We could probably pull it up. There's this dude. um, I think it's Eric Church. He's a motivational Mm -hmm. speaker. But he has, I think we'll go to YouTube. Let's see the YouTube guy. And did you type in like um, Eric Church or Eric Thomas? Eric Thomas is that? Thank God you Google. Eric Church, a singer. Uh, How bad do you want it? Like this guy spoke to these kids and I saw this video probably six years ago. Uh-huh. And this is what kind of like caused the huge problem for myself, but also like was really good at the same time because this guy speaks to this room full of kids. Like, I think they're football players. And it was just kind of like, like, you got to, like, you got to want it so bad. Like so you if you g- want to make six figures, you can't just be talking about you want to make six figures. You hear what I'm saying to you tonight? If you do the three things I tell you to do tonight, I guarantee you, whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. He's speaking you to, like, high school kids. You will be able to accomplish kids. whatever you want to academically, financially, relationally, whatever. So three things. All right, I'm going to tell you this story. I got to get out of here. And the story is about, you guys have probably heard about this before. It was a it was a young man who, you know, he wanted to make a lot of money. And so he went to this guru, right? And he told the guru, you know, I want to be on the same level you are. And so the guru said, if you want to be on the same level I'm on, I'll meet you tomorrow at the beach at 4 a.m. He liked the beach. I said, I want to make money. I don't want to swim. Guru said, if you want to make money, I'll meet you tomorrow. 4 a.m. So the young man got there at 4 a.m. He all ready to rock and roll, got on the suit. He should have worn shorts. The old man grabs his hand and said, how bad do you want to be successful? He said, real bad. He said, walk on out in the water. So he walks out into the water. Watch this. When he walks out into the water, it goes waist deep. So he's like, this guy crazy. Adrian, he's like, I want to make money. He got me out here swimming. I didn't ask to be a lifeguard. I want to make money. He got me in. So he said, come out a little further. Walked out a little further. Then he had it right around this area, this Doga area. So this old man crazy. He's making money, but he crazy. He said, come on out a little further. He came out a little further. It was right at his mouth. My man, like, I'm about to go back in here. This guy is mine. So the old man said, I thought you said you wanted to be successful. He said, I do. He said, walk a little further. He came, dropped his head in, held him down, holding him down. My man getting scratching, holding him down. I got you. I know you brushed it out, but I got you. He had him held down. I need you for an illustration. He had him held down just before my man was about to pass out. He raised him up. He said, I got a question for you. Somebody answer the question for me. He said, when you were underwater, what did you want to do? 
Lee, I'm looking for a different word, though. What's that word? He said, I wanted to breathe. He told the guy, he said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Yeah, so I watched this and like there's more to it and he's like he's like basically goes into like you you gotta like wanna be more successful. He's like, Do you wanna sleep more than you wanna be successful? Like there's tons of people and like at that time I was already had like insane drive mm-hmm. and like determination. Just like I, I kinda had it my whole life where it was just mm-hmm. like it was more of a survival instinct than it of was course. like a healthy relationship with like working mm-hmm. hard. And I like heard that and I was like dude, that's it. Like, that's it for me. Like, I tw- I saw this in 2015. I have goosebumps. I love it. So yeah, it's just like, you, if you watch the whole thing, you're like, holy shit. Like, and it spoke to me where it was just kind of like, you gotta like, I was like, damn, like the reason I'm not successful yet is because I have not fully committed to this path. I was all, like, I thought I was because I thought I was just working hard. Mm. And it wasn't like, I wasn't making like, the decisions that matter. I want to jump in on this. Go. Tap in. Go. Um, thank you. Boom. <laughs> um, in order to be able to really get in to that level of that determination drive for that life that you want, that success that you perceive to be success, like you said, you were working hard, but it wasn't equating to the success you had then versus now. And you might be working just as hard or even harder. I don't know. But you have to have a vision. You have to have a goal because people say, oh, I want to be successful. I want to make money. But what does your life look like? Because having money doesn't define your success. Like that's not going to define how you are emotionally, physically, like he was talking about, like, you know, relationally. It is a goal. And I didn't, myself personally, didn't have that drive to take my company larger until I had a vision of what I wanted it to be until I was actually excited. Where literally I get up in the morning and I'll talk about my morning routine in another second, but hear me out. <laughs> I, I Improving I on the morning yeah, routine. Yeah, exactly. But I wake up excited. Like I'm like, like I have all these ideas floating around. I can't wait to tackle them and I'm excited and I make I make work happen on them every single day. And unless you have a vision, like tailored, and I don't just mean like, oh, I want to have a company of 10, but what does your company of 10 look like? What does your operation look like? What type of impact are you going to create? What do you want your customers or your clients to feel when they work with you? What do you want them to experience or work away when they, they step away from your service or have used you? It's not just about growing a business. It's what impact do you want to have or impact do you want to generate? And I think unless you have that truly defined and unless you can truly actually picture it, it makes it very hard to want something that bad. Yeah, I think it's, I say, I say this phrase a lot and sometimes it's like it goes over people's head, um, reverse engineer. Mm -hmm. Cause like a lot of times when you engineer something, it's like you have a problem and you have to like get to the solution. Exactly. But really start from the back. You have to start from like the backwards. Like in five years, I want to be here. I want to have these cars in my garage. I want my house to look like this. I want my wife or girlfriend or, you know, boyfriend or, you know, whatever, person you want to be with you want to have like that like specific and it's weird to me that there's like now I'm very much in tune with it I still have a long way to go but I'm in tune with like if I want something positive or negative it like will happen if I think about it yes because like so I I try to focus on like I can get wrapped up in the drama and get an arg like I get in a lot of arguments at work with other people I mean we deal with subcontractors that you know Sometimes they need a little extra kick in the butt. (laughs) 
And I take a lot of that stuff personally because I'm like, you are literally getting in the way of my long-term goals in this like small little piece of time. You are preventing my forward momentum and now you have a target on you. Mm. So like I've learned to like rationalize that as a person and just be like, look, look, look. Like they're just, they have their own agendas. They have their own problems. Like I need to not like blow off on them because like you are preventing the campaign's forward progression. But at the same time, like, like where I am at now is because like I've been able to focus that energy in a certain direction. And then you start adding to the, your team and then like that starts coming to the vision you had. And then like, then it becomes more personal because like now you have people depending on you because like you have sold them the vision and they got hyped and excited about it. And now they're counting on it. it. So like now when you say you're going to do something, it means more than just like doing it for yourself. It's diffusion. Literally that's with any person because whoever you have on your team diffusion yeah, it's a, yeah. It, it is it's, it's like a drop you know it spreads because your influence is no longer just influencing the people that you come in because when they leave and they go home you know they have lives they may have families they may have significant others that paycheck that they bring home is going to provide for something else who knows it might be paying for medical bills it might be paying for whatever whatever the family needs so your responsibility is no longer just on yourself or just on paying somebody you actually have for every, for example, one person that you write a check for might be actually an impact for five people. Mm. It, it's a larger weight to carry. It's a larger responsibility. And when you have that responsibility, you understand that you actually need to follow through and get it done, which makes your actions and your words, I think, of that higher priority. So you not only have to commit to yourself, but commit to others and and get it done. Like the name for our podcast, No Prisoners, is like the essence of what we are about in our business. Like, there we don't take prisoners. We don't have room on our ship for prisoners. Mm-hmm. Like, it's scorched earth or nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have any room for that, like, any sort of blockages in our forward progression, especially as a team. Like, our whole company, like, the vision for our company, like, we, you know, our, we fly flags for our logo that kind of look like pirate flags. Because, mm-hmm. like, we're going to take all your business. Or like, and it's literally like that vicious and people like will be like, well, that's not okay. Like that's a little much. And I'm like, is it, is it wrong? Because like I have all these people counting on me, like our logos, like the way our clothes look, like the gear looks. It gets people excited to be a part of something. It's not just a paycheck and worker to show up. It's a Mm -hmm. culture that you're creating. Mm -hmm. Like. Builds in a word that you said earlier that I absolutely adore is momentum. Yeah, I hate the word. I thought you were going to say movement. No. I'm like, no, we're no, definitely no. not momentum. a movement. We're <laughs> 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 movement. Because um, that just sounds cheesy. Momentum but like, is something that builds. You, people you have, you fly the flags, you get hyped. When I hear people like talk about our clothes and they're like, damn, this is like, str- this stuff's so awesome. I would I would buy this if we were at PacSun. Yeah. I'm like, we, we hit a home run there. And like, or when they're like, hey, like, we want to work for you, but, like, we don't know where we would fit in. And I'm like, even just hearing that people, like, are seeing something, like, they want to be a part of that energy is, like, we're on the right path. We still have a long way to go in, like, the overall vision, but, like, everything we're doing is about, like, like, total quality and, like, total, like, ride or die for the team. Mm -hmm. When we say, like, we're a team mentality, like, a lot of people say, oh, we have a team culture, we have this. Like, you're all full of shit. Yeah, Like our, Like, I'm not kidding. Like, you're full of shit. Like, our company, like, we are 
actively creating and are continuing to create like this mentality where it's like it's like we're all in the boat together we're all all of our success or failures is reliant on us so like you know how important it is for you to do a good job on this small piece of trim because everyone in the company is counting on you to do that perfectly yeah. top down sideways it doesn't fucking matter like everything has to be in line with our values or you're like you're out because like we have no prisoners here like and that's like people have called me you know arrogant egotistical um you know overconfident th whatever the thing is but it's like going back to like what this guy said it's like you have to commit yourself to it or it won't be it and like sure. that took me a little bit of time to put together and when i heard that like there was that and there was like ct fletcher is this guy who he's a bodybuilder out in california and he's a really famous dude from compton now and this guy's had like open heart surgery then got big again like he the guy's just a beast crazy crazy and like he has this one thing where it's like go to like the 10, 10 commandments of weightlifting on YouTube. And like, so he has this thing called the 10 commandments of weightlifting and like, dude, Gilmar, the tech keyboard's just doing I you dirty right I now. Just keep typing and it'll come up. It'll auto correct. Yeah. There you go. Right there. There we go. Weightlifting. Weightlifting. Yeah. So like, I think it's number like four, on the list it's probably like three minutes in it's like commandment just click on it and see how far yeah scroll back scroll back a little bit i think probably yeah here we are right here the only fucking way to know if you can or can't do something i gave it a fucking try that's how i know get your punk ass in there and give it a try this one, I think, is the commandment number three. Three. Pain is necessary. It's inescapable. It's no way. I mean, out of pain, we are born. Pain is a must. Also, 2015. I was on a roll that year. I was, I was going to say the other one was exactly Be six years comfortable old. With being uncomfortable. Pain. Is a necessary evil. Get used to it, motherfucker. Make friends with it and then kick fucking pain's ass. And that way, when it comes to take you down, you can brush their fucking shit off. I'm used to you, motherfucker. Bring it on. Come on, pain. Sit your ass down and let's have a fucking lunch together. Me and you, pain. <laughs> that reminds me of the, of the Jocko That's thing that he says. Yes, yeah, so yeah, he. Right, go ahead. When he says, uh, "You know, a problem comes up, good." Oh yeah, the good video. Yeah. Let's watch that. Dude. So while he's pulling that up, but like, so I saw this video in 2015, and like, I discovered Andy Frazella that year on YouTube. Oh, I was on really? a roll, and we going through like some self development stuff, or I was, was just, I was like, you I, was, I was, I was. Pause right. it real quick before we go. So like, I was just like, my relationship was failing that I was in. I was in school for architecture, and that was way bigger of a bitch than I thought it was going to be. I was trying to make the business, you know, successful and it wasn't working. Like I was just like in a bad spot and I was just kind of like, I don't know what I was looking for. I kind of just like, I think I found Andy Frizella on there. Just like, just like 
barking in the microphone yeah. on video. And I was just like, dude, I feel that way. And here's this guy successful and he behaves that way. And everybody's telling me I'm wrong in right. how I'm behaving. Exactly. So then like I found the CT Fletcher thing and I was just like, wow, like, these are all ideas that like, it was like, sit that motherfucker and have lunch <laughs> with him. You have to be part of like, you just have to tolerate the pain and all that. And like, I guess I was just avoiding the like the personal work that I had to do in myself. I, I don't even think I was aware of what I needed to do for myself. I was so young. Not until you're awakened by it and you're like, oh crap. Yeah, like I I'm not I shit. Like yeah. I need I need to make like I th I heard something from maybe Annie Frizzell or something where it was like all of your problems are your problems. Like if you you need to change shit with yourself or you need to in order to be a leader, you need to be someone worth leading people. And there's so many people out right now that are like, I see it all the time where it's like uh, we're hiring like we're hiring right now too but i know people want to work here mm, so it's just a matter of finding the right people because like we just won't hire anybody anymore i i totally agree with that so it just kind of like i was like wow i need to be the most savage of human beings and then just find more savages and build a team and that was 2015 that was seven years ago that i started this. so people like think that audax revival was this like overnight success and i've heard that and it pisses me off so much because like john has gone through a lot i've gone through a lot. like we've all like the guys that work in our company have all been through a lot and have built themselves into like this collective like john tells people we're like the special we have the special forces team of construction and like i used to be like that's so cheesy <laughs> and then like the more and more we get into it like it's everybody's worried about each other everybody is like through this mission has to go successfully so like we're gonna dial it in like our guys care just as much about the customers like when i hear customers talking about our guys i'm just like yes like that's I, perfect that's how you know i was reading um a, a book it's called influence i forget who it's by but basically saying like compliments when you're giving them to people the most powerful compliments are not necessarily compliments to someone's face but compliments to other people so if, say if i have a great compliment about andrew i'm gonna tell gilmar and not even in your presence, because that is the full effect of not trying to get anything. It's just the true embodiment of a compliment, saying that, you know, that you have admiration or appreciation for something. And so when you hear, you know, or hear your customers complimenting your guys or saying things to you about your guys, they're not even in the presence, likely. It's directly to you. So I feel that, that carries even more weight. Mm -hmm. And it's just... Um, that's like, I feel like it's a very genuine form and it speaks volumes to the work and craftsmanship that not only your company has created, but the work that your men do. Yeah, we have, in two weeks, we're dealing with like a warranty issue in a house we built. Like one of the mm -hmm. the, the heating systems under the tile floor has like failed. Mm -hmm. So we have to like rip out an entire master bathroom floor tile. There's like a move a bathtub, wow. toilets, like everything, redo it all. And, like, the guy in our company who's responsible for that, like, came to us or came to me the other day and was like, hey, look, that customer is going on vacation in two weeks. I know we're, like, set to take care of this soon, mm -hmm. but can we force it in that week? Mm -hmm. And, he, like, just, just hearing the concern in his voice, I'm like, he cares. Like, I want to be like, dude, I don't have the the bandwidth or like we got to talk to ryan we got to like figure out if we have the guys to to like pull off of somewhere else to do that mm -hmm. like is it going to work but then like after i thought about it for a few minutes i was like he cares so much to make this customer happy mm -hmm. that like 
I didn't promise him, but I was like the next day I spent, a, you know, an hour or two with John working through logistics with him. Then I called Ron. Like we, I like just spent the two hours just hammering it home. Cause I was like, Trevor wants this to happen. The reason he wants to happen because he wants to make the customer happy mm-hmm. and he cares so much. Like, I love that. Like, I have to make this happen. Absolutely. Especially because when that concern comes, then you address it and you take care of it. And then it also encourages people, you know what? I was heard. I want to continue to have that care because if you shut it down, people are going to say, well, I tried to care and nothing was heard. Your voice was silenced. Yeah. And that would like everyone, like we are very decentralized leadership here like everybody is specialized in what they do i don't think we have two people that do the same thing mm-hmm. it's that specialized and it's like mm-hmm. now we need to start doubling the people we have of course, of course so like it just was gonna create a burden on everyone to get this done mm-hmm. but it's like well everyone's burdened the whole team is affected by this but like we ride or die together so i was like you know what this is gonna suck it's probably gonna be a shitty week kind of but we got to make this happen because like the customer needs it to happen one like we stand by our product Mm -hmm. so if something's not right we go back and make sure and make it happen and then two it's just like we create this whole model where it's like trevor's job is to care about warranty Mm -hmm. and like the concierge program so like all of our past customers are enrolled in that Mm -hmm. and then like warranty is like all the stuff we protect you know after you move into your home or whatever so it's like his whole job is to like make past customers stay happy customers so that they refer more customers of course essentially or, or and like just have like this customer of life mentality the, yeah the, be one job but somebody who's loyal to your brand and backs what you do yeah and that's what the concierge like model is it's like every i i kind of saw everybody doing this so the the concierge thing came from another business that i had in the past um that failed just because like the partner we had was just on drugs and found that out like he was just always working and just going 100 miles an hour and then we're like wait a minute dude's on cocaine (laughs) (laughs) he's on the fast stuff (laughs) and that was like years ago now and um it was just like that kind of like the mentality of that and then everybody's creating like these subscription businesses now Mm. for like the you know so you can project your income and i was like well what if we like we can't really do a subscription thing for our company because it's just like it's construction it's like right. we had you subscribe it's, it's to that, that you have now. yeah so i was like well what if we just create kind of like a type of subscription kind of thing where it's just like once you're our customer maybe you you haven't built a house with us or not but like we give like people a lo- like low-laying fruit an opportunity to like we'll take care of your small stuff and show you how good we'll take care of you mm-hmm. or we'll take care of you like we did when we built your house mm-hmm. so like the quality and the care and everything like it just never goes away whereas with some companies it's you call them up and you're like it's done see ya you're like oh hey like you guys built my deck last year like we were thinking about doing this and they're like you know what you we're just too busy to do that Mm. it's like we hear that all the time it's like well our builder is just too busy to come back and i'm like i never want to i never want to hear that about my company Mm. or our company like i never want to hear that somebody didn't get taken care of because we were like not we were too busy. I mean, it's mm-hmm. practically true. Mm-hmm. Like you, you are too busy to do things for people. But like, if you if you take care and you and you do it the right way, and it grows. Like our company is young, so it's like if we grow all of these little functions all simultaneously. Like if we, when we have like a ton of customers in ten years or past customers, mm-hmm. like 
essentially the whole organization would have grown with that growth because we'll take care of everyone and like you know it is what it is they just be it's just true, be though. good to people and then it'll work out and then that mentality kind of came out of um i think an andy Verzella thing where it was just like you how much money you make or have is directly related to like how well or how many people you help very very true you even you brought that up it was like either you help a small group of people or a large group of people do you know what i mean like a small small group i what was it help fix a large problem or a large group of people fix a small problem. Something, something or you charge a lot of money to small people to fix problems. Like high ticket clients versus like our custom homes. We only build so many of those a year, mm-hmm. but like we can help a ton of people through our like maintenance concierge warranty thing right. a year. So it was kind of like, well, we just, the, if you help people and you do it well, everything else follows. So like you needed to be focused, like I needed to like revamp from like younger Andrew into like older twenties. Andrew was just like, I'm going to like not really worry about the money anymore. That's the shift. You just said it. Yep. And then just worry about helping people. Cause like the money, like I was doing okay. Like I wasn't, you know, knocking it out of the park, but I was like, well, like if I just, that makes sense to me. If I just do right by everyone always like eventually like it'll just compound and be this mountain of success so it's true it's just like for example if you meet somebody or if you're trying to you know do business or set something up and someone's bsing you you know Mm. it doesn't matter you know same thing if you go in and you're working on somebody's home and you're not there with the most genuine intent of serving them and providing them with the best service that they can experience they know it's not only in the quality of your work, but the quality of the treatment. How do you leave their home? Do you leave it messy or do you, you know, leave things better than you even found it? Do you pick up the screw, the one thing that was left behind and, and do that like one more mentality that most builders, you know, they might leave a screw or two. Like, one or one thing everything? we like, that reminds me, like one thing we do is like bring the trash cans in for people. Exactly. If we're working on your house and you like are yep. there or whatever, um, it's like, oh, the trash went out today, like trash truck chain, like just bring it in when you walk in from the truck. Exactly. Just like little things. So my team packages. Like, for example, a lot of times, for example, if we have in-home educators going to somebody's home, they might have like Amazon packages on their doorstep or near their mail. I say always as like one first look at the label, make sure it's their home. That's not outgoing mail. But two, bring it to their door and say, hey, do you want me to leave this package out here or bring it in? And almost always they always say bring it in. I always do it. Do we have to? No. But it's also just like as a good human, like a neighborly thing to do because it's not just about business. It's about relationships. Mm -hmm. And business isn't just about money, but business is about building relationships. And how do you do that? You have to have friendship first. You have to care for other people. And you do that not just through the service that you're providing, but as a whole. So bringing up your trash cans, bringing your packages, those little things that show that, you know what? Like, I actually do care. I actually do see you. You're not just, you know, another person, another customer in our network. You do have individuality. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This video, though, have you ever seen this? Or is it all the way at the beginning? Yeah. All right, you'll like this video then. This is probably subordinates. One of my guys that worked for me, he would he would call me up or pull me aside with some major problem, some issue that was going on, and he'd say, "Boss, we got this and that and the other thing." And I'd look at him and I'd say, "Good." And finally, one day he was telling me about some issue that he was having, some problem, and he said, "I already know what you're gonna say." And I said, "Well, what am I gonna say?" He said, "You're gonna say good." He said, that's what you always say. This is going to get me fired something up. something is wrong, <laughs> fucking bad, run into walls. you always just look at me and say, good. And I said, well, yeah. When things are going bad, there's going to be some good that's going to come from it. 
didn't get the new high-speed gear we wanted? Good. Didn't get promoted. Good. More time to get better. Oh, mission got canceled? Good. We can focus on another one. Didn't get funded. Didn't get the job you wanted. Got injured. Sprained my ankle. Got tapped out? Good. Got beat? Good. You learned. Unexpected problems? Good. We have the opportunity to figure out a solution. That's it. When things are going bad, don't get all bummed out, don't get startled, don't get frustrated. If you can say the word good, guess what? It means you're still alive. It means you're still breathing. And if you're still breathing, well then hell, you still got some fight left in you. So get up, dust off, reload, recalibrate, re-engage, and go out on the attack. Dude, that's how I see my brother being when he's old. <laughs> Jocko? Does he like, t- like, that's like a a big compliment, big shoes to fill, but like Timmy's like that same way since we were little kids. It's just like, no big deal. We'll, we'll handle this. Yeah. And we go, me, I'm just like freaking out over here. <laughs> 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 let's just, uh, let's go crazy. I, I love that. It's, it's crazy because, so in the background growing up, I worked in a lot of restaurants and shit. And you've worked in a restaurant too before. But yeah, I've served my time. Exactly, yeah. And I don't know if you have, but it's have not. it's a wild fucking world. You learn a lot of shit on the fly. And I remember uh, when I started thinking like this, Not this isn't exactly how I got to it, but I remember- so I, culinary Navy SEAL, basically. I, I don't know, maybe. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I used to get flustered so mad when I would fuck up. And then I was very new to- to working in, in the kitchen at this point in time. And the chef came over to me. He's like, dude, why are you not listening to me? Why are you always, why do you get upset? That doesn't do anything. And I was like, oh, cause you know, I fucking hate messing up this and that. And he was like, dude, when you're here, be a robot, like take on things by the, like take the bull by the horns and make this kitchen your bitch. Like if you have a problem, you know, cool head, get after it. And then, oh, that's funny. It's have to get after it there. But anyway, <laughs> um, so ever since then, I was kind of just, I used to think of problems or situations like, all right, let's do it. Let's kill this shit. Mm-hmm. So th- then when Andrew showed me this video, I was like, fuck, I kind of, in a way, think the same way, but it wasn't good. It was more like, let's kill it. Like if, if a problem came to me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, let's I wouldn't break. Done. Yeah. Cause, cause at, at that point, like I was in, you know, awarded with leadership in the kitchen and I had to lead guys and mm-hmm. it was like. If they saw me break, they would, they wouldn't respect me as much, or they'd be because I hear True. the way they would talk about chefs, and they'd be like, "That gringo, that white boy doesn't know what he's doing. He's never down here, this and that." And I was like, "Fuck, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I want to be the guy that the guys look up to. That they'll be like, yeah, I'll fucking. He asked me to do something, I'll fucking do it.' So it's just it's cool to see that, and it's it's interesting going back to you know leadership and teamwork and all that shit because everyone in your company and in this company at some point has been through that type of shit. It's pretty cool because I, at some point, had to lead men and shit, and and it didn't work out because I was working with people that didn't give a shit about what they were doing, mm. and now I'm at a place where people give a shit about what they're doing. Totally different experience, It's so right? It's so, like, day and night, 
and it's it's such a cool thing to experience because you're like, fuck, I'm finally working with people that aren't only here for a paycheck. Yeah. That are Look, here because you made they care. That. Wow. Yeah. And it's like I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's it's fucking cool. Like it's 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 a great environment to be around and I don't know, it's just it's interesting how, how life comes full circle and then you're Yeah, you're, and then we <laughs> we got like young Brian. Yeah. He he's like a good example of that. He's twenty one years old and like that guy'll come up as long as he's not you know I think it, his nemesis is in stolen doors. I think he doesn't like doing doors. <laughs> but like I've watched him, you know, by himself, like like the sauna at Cole T Packer. A tile is immaculate. Bro. The tile work is and he was in there by himself. Yeah. And he wasn't even supposed to be the one tiling it. We were supposed to have a tile contractor do it. And so that guy kept, you know, dragging ass. So we had to get rid of him. And then it fell on Brian to get it done because he knew the customer was really like like enthusiastic about getting it done and he was like yeah, i'll step up and do it and the tile is perfect and like when you talk to him about like oh like would you would you run in what kind of challenge and you'll be like oh yeah well son blah blah blah. this broke or that you know this thing wasn't working so i had to fix this and it's never like oh well i gotta you know i had to stop what i was doing and fix this thing it's just like it's all part of the mission so like why are you why are you getting completely enraged but like you saw me like what was last Friday? I like set out to do all this shit and spent yeah. four hours trying to fire up this generator. I went to had to go to Home Depot to get like this spark plug like thing, <laughs> and like I was like, God damn, I'm not gonna get done all this stuff. And I found myself getting completely mad. I'm like, dude, I set out to do all this stuff, and like none of that stuff got done. But then Gilmar showed up and like he was like, How, How'd you get this generator out of the truck? I'm like, I lifted it out. <laughs> <laughs> he was like he helped me lift the generator appropriately back in and then i was like you know what like we had grabbed lunch we made fun of that dude parking his car in two spots yeah. a purple subaru driving bitch <laughs> and like i was just like you know what like i at least i got something done today kind yeah. of thing and uh you know it's it's hard for me i'm probably of everybody here i'm the one that struggles with that the most and i'm in charge kind of mm-hmm. and it's just like, dude, sometimes like, you know, like John helps me with that a lot where I'll just be like, dude, I just like, I feel like I can't get ahead of the eight ball. Like I constantly feel like, and he's just like, um, I'll be the one to tell you this. And Ryan hit me with it today. He's like, yeah, that's, it's just going to be like that. That's just how it is. So stop like, just stop like getting frat. Like, I don't know what, like I get like irritated, I guess. Mm. Just like, dude, why isn't this person just pulling pulling their weight? And it's never like the people inside our company. It's people that like I don't have any control over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, so like when I f- when I found this, where I, I was listening to this, the Jocko podcast. When I heard this, like I heard like the original version of this. Yeah. And I was like, damn, like that's like look at the date. It's January twenty fifth, twenty sixteen. So like when that was happening, we still have that customer. Like, that was a tradition construction customer that's now still our customer and their concierge. It's, like, the house in New Hope. Mm-hmm. And I was finishing their deck, and I had fired my brother, and, like, around, like, Thanksgiving or Christmas time just because, like, it was honestly my fault that I fired him. Like, he needed to get fired. Like, I needed to do that for him so that he could, like, move on. But, like, I, like, he was a a good employee he was a good teammate like i treated him like a partner like everything was good like i needed him 
but like at a certain point i was just like dude like i was just a i was just an inferior leader and like i was always just like up his ass inappropriately or just like like i was trying to make like my energy kind of be his energy i was like why aren't you getting animated like why aren't like why aren't we fucking hammering nonstop? and like he just like now looking back on it and how he deals with things is much more like he's a great leader like people just naturally follow him because he already had that like mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be like this way so i fired him and then i ended up having to finish a deck by myself in like the coldest january of my existence like legitimately like the january the week i was out there like the customer like asked me to go home one day because it was so fucking cold but i had like pulled the truck and trailer up to the deck that i was working at and i remember like i had to make this it was an insane deck and i had to make this like one angle cut at the stairs and like i just had to finish this project for them before moving on to the next thing because they were such good customers and i like was doing it by myself it was freezing cold out i'd like had this heater on in the tra in the enclosed trailer so i would go in there like warm my fingers up and i listened to jocko podcasts like can non-stop for like a week straight and i listened to like him talk about like the N napoleon wars and all this different shit and it just was like i'm out there in the freezing cold doing this miserable tasks and like it was all just okay because i was like listening to one jocko who's a savage but he was also talking about these situations that were just like really really horrible that people had gone through so so yeah. i was literally yeah, like you know? this ain't so bad you yeah. know i'm listening to this dude who was like the one book he covered was like the i think it's the memoirs or the his a history of a napoleonic soldier and at one point there if like you know anything about like napoleon he was a real dick bag <laughs> and he thought that he could in like he basically was fighting with the russians and the russians knew that it was winter time so they started to pull their forces back and napoleon's like we got them on our on their heels they're retreating rush ain't stupid they were like we ain't retreating we're pulling all you fucking idiots into our country and then it's going to be winter time and we're just going to kill you all so like the whole the whole story was like this guy's like marching into russia and people are just dying from the cold like they're not even going to get to fight like they literally just dropping dead and then at a certain point like napoleon's in the front and his like legion which like napoleon had like this imperial guard of like i don't know ten thousand troops always on standby and they rode continuously from like the kingdom all the way out got napoleon and then rode back continuously so like all these dudes are freezing to death and these new dudes on horses just light you up run past you grab the dude and then run past pack you and you're like wait you guys aren't gonna help us and they're like nope so they literally just like left all their men to die out there and i'm like listening to this in like the freezing cold january like my finger and i'm like you know what i'm kind of like he left it dead out here <laughs> so like i just i kind of like interacted or like was on youtube or like got all of these people mm -hmm. like at the like the time I kind of needed it. Mm. That's why transitional I transitional period. Yeah, that's why I joined Arate, mm. even though I'm like leaving it. Me that too, was like I a whole too. other saga of yeah. exit. Uh, they were not happy about the exit. Really? Well, they they were polite. I coming up in March. Yeah, well, I don't know what even what. Well, I left. Uh, they like. were like, "Well, this is a year commitment," and I'm like, "I'm leaving now." Mm. Like, I'll change my credit card number so you guys can't bill me. That's how upset I am. Okay. 
Hear me out. I did the yearly one, so I was like, ah, screwed. No, never but they, again, they never still, again. even though I paid monthly, they still expected me to finish out the year. And I was like, no. no. And I, I'll cancel my credit card. I sat on the email for a few days just because, like, I wanted to respond appropriately. Tastefully. Tastefully yes. with, with information. With and I did a good job. And I was just like, look, like, Andy has supported me, like, from afar. Like, I buy their products. Like, I, I love what he's done. Like, I, the podcast is great. Like, I just feel as though this organization isn't for me. Like, I'm connecting with a lot of people. But they all want to be business coaches mm -hmm. and i was like it infuriates me mm -hmm. and i said give me the blacklist yep or i'm out and they're like well there is no blacklist i'm like look i know you guys talk about all these elite performers that are in this group that can afford twenty thousand dollar tickets to the events mm -hmm. like i want their contact information and who they are and i want to network with them i'll help you with that because all yeah, please do <laughs> because all of these people i keep like getting on zooms with and interacting with like i appreciate their path that they're on like i don't have any disrespect to them mm -hmm. but like i don't give a shit that like you haven't started your business yet like why are you even in this group like mm -hmm. i thought this was for people that are like doing and then you talk to these people and they're like trying to be business coaches and they're literally go to their instagrams and they're just like mini andy frizellas mm -hmm. male or female like the posts like there's even like this one lady angela who literally like her instagram posts like she literally makes them like the memes like andy does like I'm like, be original people. Like, we're supposed to be, like, yep. this organization. And I just found that, like, anybody that was in the Facebook group, like, if you have time to just sit there and just, like, network with people on Facebook, you ain't doing shit. And then, like, yep, I agree. I've learned that it wasn't, like, it was just not the right place for me. And I said that. I was like, look, like, I'll, I can learn all of these, like, the Zoom calls. You reschedule them, like, three out Every of four times. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm furious I about that. one in months. You know, so months. I was like, dude, I don't want to set the time aside to, like, do the zoom call and then you guys reschedule it like an hour before and their answer is like well if they don't have like they can't they want to give everything they're all and they if they don't have a hundred percent in the tank like we just reschedule it and they make they more than make up for it and i'm like no i don't think you understand no. me like i'm not going to the call ever because it's been rescheduled so many times that i just like can't justify setting that time aside that like other people need me for that time mm -hmm. absolutely and i'm not trying to be like important or anything like that i'm just like it's just facts it's like respect for the people that you have yeah. specifically because if you also are preaching this organization dedication arte up, literally means why, excellence and why is it not being delivered that's my disappointment it's almost kind of like when you grow up and you're like you know like the tooth fairy like isn't real and like that magic dies a little bit i'm not gonna lie joining the group certain people that i really supported or got behind it did disappoint me do i still think highly of them yes but not mm. not to the same degree only because they, they oversell it you think yes i think so well, like, rta excellence we're the best and it's like you meet these people lack and you're of information. like information it's definitely like secretive and i think that they definitely get away with like this the the secretive principle or the scarcity because it's like what is it i thought it was a call i was like all right it was for the year i was like you know what sign me up you know i did the application put my credit card on it i was like okay if i get in cool and they're like you're in and i already was skeptical because i was like should i really be in this group from what <laughs> they made it sound and then i got in and i was like oh yeah because i'm not the highest but i'm also not the lowest in regards to my personal growth journey but also um, I, I felt the same growth. i was in the middle yeah and like i, I couldn't I like connect three with but then i realized oh, i'm actually not a three out of ten i'm probably a little bit higher up the scale maybe like a four or five probably like a five like i think we're that. i think we're fives or sixes you know yeah you i feel like you because you've been in business a little bit longer than i have and have a little bit more life experience that's fine you can give you me know, a six you know i'll give you a six <laughs> i'll take it i'll take it i'm an rta six um yeah i just kind of like 
I, I that was also one of my points was like you guys sold this goof or goof this group on men <laughs> uh, on exclusivity, and I was like, it kind of feels like you lit everybody in. Mm-hmm. I was like, the people in here, like some of these people, don't even have businesses yet, which there's That's nothing wrong with. It's like why like i kind of they're like oh well like you got to really work it's not going to come easy and i'm like uh maybe but like i also f- i also think that the people that are like at you know fives or sixes seven eight nine Have tens that are not their first year aren't on facebook trying to network in the middle of the day on the thing I think it's yes like, and no i think it depends on who they are and what their business is if they have an online business they probably are i think it depends on the market des- or on your design too i and, and what kind of business model you have but for the most part you are not you're out there doing stuff like i tried to get feedback on like the podcast or different things like and just nobody wanted to give the feedback in the group and then i tried to connect with people individually very strategically and then i set goals like i need to do like one to two like one to three connections a week like real like try and set up a right. zoom or do something and like i was there wasn't a single zoom call that i was impressed by mm. and i did probably 20 to 25 of them and then i just got like i'm like eh, these people like they're good people they're nice they have like good intentions but they all just like are on the andy train yeah like, Andy's sure. like their god and i'm like he's done a lot of great things and he's like helped a lot of people he's helped me so I felt like obligated to join the group or like participate. And then I gave it my all and I just like found myself being frustrated because like they hype excellence and like all this stuff so much, but they like, I didn't feel like they were pre- practicing it. And then it was more like, it was more just like the group was just like, yep, not what I thought it was going to be. So I think like I might've had more success with that organization um, if they were more, transparent that's that's about it they make it like this like yes so you don't know what you're getting until you sign up and for some people that might be awesome it might be what they need but for me i needed actionable steps i need you i'm gonna grow scale my business grow this don't tell me like you can do it put in the hard work tell me what kind of hard work to do i wouldn't be here if i if i you know already knew exactly if i already knew how to be motivated i just listened to your podcast i don't need motivation i need actionable steps how do i scale how do i grow that's one one thing i was like i could just re-listen to the mfceo podcast and get the same stimulus stimulus and it was just like so much emphasis on their wealth it was like i could buy this person out like it was just so much shit like that where it was just like i don't like or like Ed Milet one time went on like this little rant in the beginning of one of his Zoom calls where he's just like, I posted this post and like you guys aren't engaging with it. It's like I've heard that. I was like, ones. the fuck, dude, why do I care about your Instagram? I don't follow either. I don't care for any of that. Like, I don't need to follow your Instagram and you're about your house in Malibu or like on the last episode he did. It was like the nail in the coffin for me. He was like. They were talking about like Andy did a podcast on or on a Zoom on um, like bringing business back to America, and then the following one was Ed, and he was like, "Oh, touching on like the manufacturing, we're going to answer some of these questions." Like, I'm currently building a house right now. I'm actually building several houses right now on my island. It, that sounds really cool to say. I, I never thought I'd say that, you know, like on my island. But like the windows we want for this house are like the most elite, and they're 22 months back ordered, and like they're just like. I'm like, can, subtle brags. There's constant subtle brags, which is fine. Like, we know you're rich. We know you're successful. But, like, I kind of feel like it's, uh, it's a, it, at their level, it has to be an active play 
where it's like they need you to know we are elite success mm-hmm. and that's why you're listening to that's us. That's exactly what it is. Because if you want to build a house, if you want to build a house, multiple houses on your own listen island, you need to listen to me. For sure. And I'm kind of like, well, if we took your first 10 years of business and you took my first 10 years of business, yeah. they're a lot different. I have a long road to go. It's a humble statement, but I'm like, Andy made $600 total in his first 10 years of business. I've made a little bit more than $600 in my first 10 years of business. Made a lot of mistakes. I've learned a lot, a lot of it from him and other people. So like, I don't want to like, I wanted to write my email. So it like encapsulated my appreciation, but also my disappointment. It was tastefully. Exactly. And I literally wrote the first line. I'm like, Hey, look, like sometimes my emails come off really aggressive. I take, I took a lot of time to like think this through, like, this is how I feel. And they were really cool. They're like, Hey, we're still here for you. Like they did the, you know, the first form, you know, thing we're here for you no matter what. Like, it's just like, I know you're just saying talking points kind of thing. I appreciate you saying it, but these are just talking points. Like you've said them in every email that I've like reached out to you guys about. It's like, we're here for you no matter what, even if you, after your membership's over, like you reach out, like we can always just turn your membership back on. And I'm like, no, that's cool. Like I literally realized that I could meet more people. And I said this in my email, I was like, I can meet more people to have more impact on my learning or on my community by just doing good business and being and recognized for doing good business. I'm going to focus on that rather than these Zoom calls. That's all I'm saying. And that's smart. And, you know, I don't feel bad about it. Am I allowed to go to the bathroom? Yeah, yeah. take a bathroom break. Yeah. <laughs> Pause. The hand up. <laughs> I had to go so bad. I was like, finish, finish. finish. Yes, get it out. Get it out. I drank so much water. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Oh my god. Yeah, start it. That was wild pee break stories. Yeah. Uh, that's Patreon episode. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what the f- what were you talking about? I was talking about pee story, but uh, <laughs> 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 we were talking about business groups, things like that, and just how you weren't satisfied. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'll find something else. You will. I'm you sure will. I'll find something else. It just wasn't a good use of my time, and that I was, I was, I try to be good at knowing when to like stop things. Mm-hmm. It's like this is this has run its course. Yeah, so. I agree. I noticed that I had run its course for me after like five months in, and I'm happy I changed over to some other networking groups, mm. and the most genuine connections I've made honestly were not from joining networking groups but from meeting people in networking groups actually going to events and making plans with people outside of it that building like the friendships and getting to know people because the most powerful thing for me in a network group is people who build you up I don't always know how I can provide value find a way somehow but people that are excited to provide value back to you whether that be through business whether that be through friendship whether that be through bringing and sharing new hobbies, whatever it may be. But not all the people that you meet or connect with are going to be in your same industry or field. I think it's important to be able to know other builders, other contractors, things like that. But also people that are going to be able to push you and stimulate you outside of work. Anything that well, I, I know that like when we yeah. talk, you're in completely different business than I am in. Mm-hmm. And I like get motivated hearing all the different things you're like working on Mm -hmm. or like your future goals or like, and you're very subtle about the things you're like Mm. into or different (laughs) things. So like when I get little tidbits, I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) What did she just say? I got to look in. I got to talk to her about this later. (laughs) 
And it's just like when we first had you on, I was like, oh, okay, we have like, you know, she owns a tutoring business. She's a tutor. And then you came into the podcast and I was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. And you left, and I look at my mom. I was like, "There's way more going on here behind yeah. the scenes." I said that. I was like, "You looked at me you were like she's a baller." I was like, "We got a baller <laughs> on our hands here." I was like, "There's way more going on the scenes than we know about." Like, mm-hmm. there was like little hints that I got, mm-hmm. but I was like, "Dude, there's more going on here than we know." And I still, I've known you. I've known like we've had, we've had like multiple dinners yeah. together. We've hung out a bunch of times. Um. Like we have like a group of friends now. Yeah, like we it's do, just we do. it's just like <laughs> and I still feel like we're just starting to scratch the surface <laughs> on some of the shit you've done. So it's always like really cool. Um it's really cool to like hang out with you and spend time with you just because you you're we're on like similar paths but very different. I appreciate it. So it's that. like you, there's like a lot to learn. Of course, of course. I think too we have similarities um in our personality and our line of work too, I think, which allows us to be able to kind of relate and communicate different things Mm. because not everybody like you said sometimes you can come off maybe as arrogant some people but that's not what it is it's just a certain expectation that you hold yourself to and others and if others don't hold themselves to that expectation then you can come off as arrogant but that's not what it is it's just that you have a certain expectation and others have different expectations it's not wrong to have different expectations it just means that you need to surround yourself with people that can understand them when you have a certain energy or frequency and you're like vibrating at that frequency only other people that are also at that frequency or above are going to be able to hear it and be attracted to it Mm -hmm. i remember one time i was down the shore with some friends Mm -hmm. and they were all like we had drank the night before and partied and the next morning like i got up to work out Mm -hmm. religiously and they were all haggard and Mm getting to the beach as I was done working out. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, all right, well, let's just go walk and grab breakfast. So, like, I was, you know, I had just got done running in the hot of the summer mm-hmm. on, like, the promenade in Sea Isle. And, like, the one girl we were with was like, Andrew, you're, like, you're too arrogant. You need to humble yourself. I'm like, humble myself? for Like, what, what are you saying? She's like, well, you just, like, think you're the shit. And I'm like, I just ran 10 miles in the fucking hot, hungover, like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that. Like, I've earned this. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't arrogance. This is, like, I am confident in where I stand. You do none of that work. So you're looking uh-huh, at uh-huh. me like I'm the problem. But And I literally said this to her face in front of everybody. I was like, you're looking at me like I'm the problem, but when you look at me, you hate yourself. You just, uh, literally, Gilmar and I were talking about this when you were out of the room before we started the podcast, talking about, like, relationships. When you start to improve yourself and you have a partner, friends, family, they have one view of you. So when you start to change or put in the work on themselves, you start to alter not just yourself, but their perception of you. So then you're starting to change their paradigm. They're like, whoa, that's not the person I know. It makes them uncomfortable. It starts to make them insecure because they're not putting in the work on themselves. She's not running 10 miles on the beach. She's not doing that work. So, like, like oh, like, you think you're better than us? Well, yeah, because I'm putting in the freaking work. Yeah. And that's not mean. It's just how it is. But then people try to hate on you because you're bettering yourself. Yeah, haters. That's like, I'm not going to lie, though. There has been like a tad, there has been a taste of arrogance in things that I've done um, related to that, especially with like, um, and it wasn't like all arrogance, but it was just definitely like a percentage of it was. Mm -hmm. But like I used to post, um, like when I woke up in the morning, mm-hmm. I would literally take a blank screen and then post the time. And then just like maybe a quote, maybe some passive aggressive statement, maybe <laughs> some sort of like thing to be like, look like 
you aren't on this level. Mm. And like our, over time, I kind of realized I was like, look, like I know I, lo- I no longer enjoy doing that. It's not really like capturing the this current me. So I kind of stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. And then like people will be like, oh, were you sleeping in now? And I'm like, no, I'm still up. I'm still awake at that hour. I'm reading, cruising the internet, um, like learning. I'm journaling. I'm, then I'm going to the gym. To the gym, honestly. The gym before you're even awake. Literally I've already done awake. all that and then gotten to the gym. And it's like that gives me an immense sense of pride that like one, the reason I do that is because I found over the years that like working out was important to me mm-hmm. um, for, you know. Um, mental and physical health. Mental and physical health. My parents didn't always like have like you know like my dad's not in great shape and like he like i like i was always just like i know i like i want to be this way for as long as i can it like i want to die this healthy or this fit kind of thing like it was just kind of like i'm like i I don't want to follow that path and i kind of like like i like it's not a problem i see in my dad i just kind of see that like he focused so much on like his profession that he was like okay with not working out because like he was solely focused on this. And I was like, I identified that early where I was just like, my brother was really into working out a little juice head. And, (laughs) (laughs) and then I got into it because he was getting bigger than me. And then like, as I got into college, I was like, nah, like some people are gaining weight and I'm like, I don't want to be one of those people. And then it just became habit. And then I found as I like was growing my business and living in the city and having a good time, like I couldn't work out after work anymore because like there was all the fun stuff happened after work. So I was like, well, I got to get up. And this is like probably when I found that Eric uh, Thomas guy where it was like, how bad do you want to be successful? I'm like, like if you can't even wake up before work to do this stuff, mm-hmm. like do you really want it? Mm-hmm. So like I got that, like there's been a couple of times where I've taken on these like mentalities and just like fully adopted them right, healthily or at that moment in your yeah. life because sometimes like i was we were talking about us going on like my soapbox of like envisioning and like what your life is to be but sometimes too when you don't have like a direction or you're like you feel a little bit lost sometimes that helps to take a pre-made mentality or get behind somebody or a speaker or a notion because you don't know necessarily what you want but you say you know what actually i like that i'm gonna cling to that that's what i need right now that's what i'm lacking and then through that going through these different speakers going on that 2015 2016 journey you start to develop yourself saying you know what actually you know what maybe i'm gonna like you know distance myself from that speaker but i appreciated them when i needed them Mm. and you grow and you move from I've learned to like, like in when I was younger, I would just like, I would go from appreciation to resentment. And now I kind of like learn to appreciate people and their relationships for like when they existed. Cause I, I, I've been on this Absolutely. journey for a little while now. And like, I've lost a lot of friends because like I was on a different path. Absolutely. And it was natural to like not be friends with them anymore. It wasn't necessarily always something happened or it wasn't always a falling out. But in the beginning I was like very like, why don't they reach out to me anymore? And it's like, well, we just, we disconnected. Like you look at me, you know what I'm saying? Like it it just kind of happens. Like even like one of my best friends, just like, it just kind of fizzled out. Mm -hmm. And I would say, I'd be like, dude, what's the, what's the deal? What's ever. And I'm just like, I, it just kind of naturally progresses you you move on and like i value that relationship and like that time but like i'm not gonna like put myself out there for that person exactly exactly i I think that's so true especially because something that i struggle with i've been at age is just a number 
but I don't have nearly as many friends my own age as I would say like peers, like within like plus or minus two years, my own age. And I, for a while, I really was like disappointed with that because most of the people that I'm, because I'm 26, most of the people that I'm friends with are 30 plus. So it's not that much of an issue now, but specifically when I was like 24 and I have like all my friends have a six year age gap. It's great to talk with them, hang out with them, but some of them have families, have kids. So then certain things we relate to, other things we don't versus people maybe closer to my age because although I, I own a business and I do these different things, I still sometimes, you know, have like my like maturity cap on for business and these things, but then also I have my, I'm a dumb 26-year-old, <laughs> yeah. you know? So it, it's sometimes hard to switch back and forth. And I've one of the biggest things is that I thought that maybe other people my age weren't doing what I was doing. And so I got plugged in with people that were, that were some of them even younger with me, excuse me, some of them even younger than me that are even more successful in business than I have and are freaking like millionaires, you know, running eight, nine figure businesses at 23. So it's just crazy to, I guess, like find those friends because you try to hold on to them. I think sometimes if you've never gone through that phase of outgrowing or distancing from friends, and I tried to do that for a while and then I realized, you know what, like it's okay to let people go, but to appreciate it. And rather than mourning it and be like, oh, I'm so sad, be like, wow, I'm really glad I had them in my life. Yeah. So. That was something I had to get to, but like my morning routine was like, like I wake up between, you know, 3.30 and 4.30, no alarm clock, I'm up. Mm-hmm. And like I set up with time. Um, Does it vary? Yeah, I would say it's probably like nine to ten o'clock. So you have a solid, solid hour, solid hour block of sleep, though. It's not like you go to yeah, but I don't sleep well. Ooh, yeah, I so it's that. like I go to sleep at that time because like Ariel's like, all right, it's time for bed. Mm, I see. And like we have um, I have a massage chair, mm-hmm. like a zero gravity fancy one. Ooh. And like the whole thing is like all. Still be really fucking fired up, uh-huh. you know, and I'll be like mad about something, or I'll be still be thinking, just mulling something over, and like Ariel will just be like, just kind of like put her hand on my shoulder, and be like, why, why don't you sit in the massage chair? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll sit over there, and it's like I'm not allowed to have my phone while I'm in the chair. Mm. Um, and that's usually how I go to sleep. And then like when the massage chair ends, then it's like, all right, like it's time to go to bed, or like I'll take Rambo out real quick, and then I'll go to go bed. bed. Um. But, like, I used to stay up pretty late and then get up like that just because I kind of was just like, I'll sleep when I'm dead, Mm. you know, kind of thing. I had this mentality where it was just like, yeah, I could go to sleep or I could keep crushing this shit. And then I, like, over time, you, like, you learn that, like, how important sleep is for, you know, your brain, like, reparative reasons for your, like, your muscles and different things like that. Like, I'm like, well, I'm crushing all this weight in the gym. But I'm not sleeping, so like I'm losing. Like why? Like you're I'm not, not really building ge- anything. You're not recovering. You're yeah. Not having, so you learn that. To destroy it. Yeah. The book. Um. I didn't finish reading it. It's actually my line to go back and like reread. Is um, what's the sleep book called? Why you sleep? Why you sleep? <gasps> That's my book. Yeah. Did you write that book? No, it's <laughs> on my pile. Oh, okay. <laughs> did, you pile. Ask, did I read it? Or did I write it? Write it. No, I definitely, that's not the book I would write. <laughs> <laughs> not qualified. <laughs> um, yeah, so like I'm, like the, the morning routine, it was just important for me to get up that early and then it just kind of aggressively got more and more because like the morning was like my time. I don't know who said it, but it kind of, some, mm. somebody 
speaker or something like that I saw like it just resonated with me because like if you get up maybe it was like Mark Cuban or somebody like that it's like look like that's my time Mm -hmm. like when I wake up in those hours it's like nobody else in the world is up like my kids aren't up. My, like I don't have kids, but like this person. I know what you're saying. It's We're like that's it. like you can't be disturbed at those hours because like you're the only one disturbing. Mm. So I kind of it started like probably like 2015, 2016. I was probably getting up at like five, and then with like the stress of business and like the goals and everything, my body just started like waking me up earlier. Mm. And when I wake up at like three thirty, four thirty, like. Sometimes I wake up like not in a good place. Mm, So like then I like my routine is like what I fall back on. I see what you're saying. When I'm in that like Mm -hmm. zone, we'll call it. Yeah. So like I'll wake up and it's like not good. So I'll just like follow the procedure and then like not deviate it from it. And then like by the time I usually leave the gym, it's like everything's fine. Not letting your emotions take control. Yeah. So it's just like it is what it is. After you leave the gym, it's just like usually all that extra energy that I have is, you know, been managed at that point. So I love that you have a morning routine. So this is one of my struggles and feel free either of you to jump on. I do have a morning routine. I feel though that it's stagnant because my morning routine is no longer conducive. I'm just bored in it and I need a change. So, for example, I was like, you know what? Starting in the morning, I'm going to make a fresh breakfast. I'm feeling overly ambitious, but I like it because I can, like, for example, the other day, I made an omelet. I even tracked all my food. I weighed everything out. I was, like, getting back on, like, the macro grind, you know, like, being, like, really detailed. So I was, like, plugging all my food. I I made an omelet, did my my sweet potato, like, slice them in half. They're already, like, pre-cooked, but then you, like, put them in the pan, sear them, and, like, they get crispy, and they're really good. So I was like, make a fresh breakfast, take my vitamins, do a little bit of journaling in the morning, um, and then go get ready. I do that all my PJs, fun fact, not dress. So it's like, just I roll out of bed, I drink my water, I go to the stairs, I eat, and then I, like, usually though, I wouldn't do that. Usually though, I would wake up, get dressed, go brush my teeth, um, check any emails or anything like that I have like that. And I would do them in an order. So it was a routine And when I was doing things. And I also, like, actually the first thing I would do is drink my, finish my water bottle, make sure it's all gone. But I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not happy. I feel like I need to change. And I don't know at what point do you realize, like, your routine needs to change? Like, is it something that you feel? Is it something like it's not working? Because it's working, but I'm just not content with it. And I don't want to also fix something if it's, like, not broken. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm, I mean... Um, I'm very, um, schedule, like regimen. I mean, we've talked about this before. I'm just kind of like the, the psychology mentality where it's just like, this is the direction we're heading. Yes. We do not deviate. Mm-hmm. If you deviate, it like causes more problems for me than not. Right. Okay. Um, for sure. dealing with that separate podcast, but we're, we're kind of alike in that sense where it's like, if you get bored, you need to like violently switch it up mm-hmm. i can't just like oh change one thing i'm like all right new routine let's try it you know mm. and it, it's not like it's like not it's zero to a hundred there's no in between it's like radical it's almost like like a kid that gets frustrated like no i'm not playing with this anymore new toy i don't <laughs> want this and it's it's like i said i it's something i struggle with because like my routine works but i'm just not i maybe i don't feel a challenge in it and i feel like if i'm not being challenged or if i'm not like oh it's not a new habit then like is it really doing anything for me what time do you wake up right now i'm waking up around seven with an alarm 
Yeah, because my, my go to bedtime is whacked. But hear me out. About five months ago, I was waking up about four four thirty. Mm. So with an alarm. No, without. Oh. Like I had a solid sleep schedule. I'm not. So what lie. time do you go to bed when you're doing the seven a.m. thing? Well, uh, probably like twelve. Yeah, but you're 12, you're working like kind of late some of those days. It is. It is. And I honestly, I don't get home honestly until about ten. Yeah. A lot of times, like yesterday was my late night. I didn't leave a student's house until about nine twenty eight at night. And then I did have a phone call with a parent. So like I don't wrap up my work night until about 10. So to be fair, I guess that's also over the summer. So I actually get done pretty early in the summer because kids are in school. To be fair, to consider in my work schedule and the hours that I wake up, my work schedule, like with, I mean, I'm working all day. But my in-person, in-person clients, families, things like that is typically between like three to nine because that's when kids are out of school. Mm. Summer's awesome. I go back to like real people hours, like normal job hours, quote unquote, because kids have, I can meet with families and kids at 9 a.m. But 9 a.m. right now they're in school. So do you, do you find. I need to prep so when I come home, I don't have a whole bunch of crap to do. I need to know time block better i think that's that's things that i've improved like this year's um like i will pack my gym bag i'll make sure like if i have jujitsu wrestling like i'll have all that stuff packed as well um i'll make sure like my bag and everything's packed if i'm not working from home in the morning i'll make sure all that stuff's packed um when i wake up in the morning like i don't do the instagram post anymore because i just like don't try and touch my phone like i'll put like youtube on and try and listen to like uh like vibration music or like acoustic guitar like something that's very like long but like calming kind of stuff and then i'll do like bathroom routine Mm -hmm. uh journal read then rambo goes out if he's feeling it Mm, like i'll at least let him out of his crate and usually he'll like either go out or i'll get into bed with ariel And eventually I try and get him to go out anyway just so she doesn't have to, like, walk him while I'm in the gym. And then I work out. And then, like, so it's, like, write, read, Rambo, work out. And then, like, sometimes that's, like, you know, I train with, like, a triathlon club. So, like, that's, like, swimming some days. Mm -hmm. Some days I'm lifting. Then, like, during the day, like, some days, like, I can go to jujitsu during the day. Some days is at night. Um, then it's just kind of like in the morning, once it's like seven to the eight o'clock, like mm-hmm. we're off to the races, it's battle time. Mm-hmm. Cause like stuff's starting to happen on site. People need me places. Like I need to be there right. and available to like make decisions or, you know, make sure things are going well. And then it's the day's over. Yeah. It's literally like boom, seven, eight o'clock. Then it's like, boom, day's over. Yeah. Like time that flies. whole day just flies by. Do you find that, like, you are working, like, on your business in those early morning ba- hours and, like, in your business yeah, in the so evening? The biggest thing, though, is, like, why I wanted to change up my schedule is because I wanted to start getting into the gym in the early morning. And I I would say I can be a morning person. I'm not naturally. I stay up late and I do a lot of work. But it's, like, when I stay up late, it's not like I'm just, like, scrolling. Like, yeah. I'm doing stuff. But I wanted to start getting the gym in the morning because I've, to be fair, though, I do love when I go to the NAC between the hours of 12 and 4 because no fitness classes are happening, so I can record <laughs> jump rope in the studio rooms. But I was like, I don't like the inconvenience of eating, working, 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 stop, driving to the gym, coming back, 
quickly changing. Then, you know, because it's like, I was like, oh, like, I'll get ready, I'll go out. But it disrupts my workflow. Yeah, and I don't know how some to people, it. Some people, like, like struggle with hours that. hours of work almost. They're only, the only time, like, the only way, like, I successfully have found, like, that break in the middle of the day is um, with jujitsu. Because I go and, like, you ca- you have to be, like, there's no phone. Right. Like, you're focused on learning, then you, like, have live role, and then, like, you go back to work, and then exactly. I'll work later. Um, and that's not every day, but I I find that, like, right now in the role that I'm in in our business, it's, like, a lot of in the business, and I have to, like, actively make time to work on the business. Yes, you do. We have our designated times where, like, you know, John and I or John and like Ryan and I or whoever like we have to meet with like we have those set times where we're working on the business mm-hmm. to make things better. Um, but it's literally like drinking out of a fire hose every day here. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like the days go by like so quick that like I've I'm like trying to focus now on like when do I make time for me? kind of things mm, it's like yeah. is that important because like i'll get home and i like i have like we're very similar it's like hard for me to like power down the brain at right. night it's like it's still going as fast as it can go mm-hmm. um thinking about tomorrow thinking about like what happened today like breaking down something that happened yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and i definitely want to get my goal is to get to a place where like i don't have to feel like i need to schedule my whole life mm. kind of thing where i can just like I don't know if it'll ever happen. Like, I might just not be wired that way. But, like, I want to get to a spot where it's just like, all right, it's time to, like, shut this down. Mm. And and see, that I kind of have freedom. I know a lot of people be like, all right, I block. I, I do workout. I do stuff for me at these times. I have, like, a window. So I'll be like, all right, so, you know what? From the hours of, like, um, 9 to 11 is my me time. If I decide to go to the gym at 9, awesome. If I decide to go at 10, 15, cool. It's not structured. And that's okay, but with the new projects that I have going, it just honestly I think has been adding to my stress load because then I have to think, well, wait, actually do I have enough time to get there and plan? And just those little moments that you take to plan or prioritize. My time management is completely out the window. I mean, I've always had poor time management because I really um, overestimate um, how much time I'm asserting to a task, or I guess to reverse that, I should say how much time it takes me to do a task, I underestimate. So I'd be like, yeah, like, you know, write an email in 15 minutes. 45 minutes later here, I've like, I've per- perfected this five-paragraph email, and I've even done a headshot with it. Sent. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like going like above and beyond, kind of like that perfection that we were talking about. It's like- But you learn that from your jump rope videos where you just have to like put them out. Yeah, no, I'm just like, screw it. Send. I don't care. Because I'm posting, I'm trying to post a jump rope for every day. It doesn't always happen every day, but I make sure to jump rope every day. So I was like, that is like a thing in of itself. But it helps because it's like you have to do it. It's like the bottom thing on my priority list, but people are counting on it. So I'm holding myself accountable and other people are to me. So it's not just breaking a promise to myself. It's breaking a promise to other people. So it's just getting it out. But I just, I I was like, it's time to to get things in order or, or get tighter with it. Because if I continue to operate at this level, that I am right now, but my projects get bigger and bigger, there's going to be a discord and extreme failure. I see it coming. So I need to bring myself up. I need to get better with my time, schedule my day differently, even if I don't like it, so I can operate at that higher level. So I can do, not necessarily more things, but have more sense of 
structure when I'm doing it. I don't have the flexibility in my schedule as I used to even six months ago. Yeah, I um, usually after I've like talked to like Ryan or John or something about the like, I don't really always fully appreciate how much we get done in a day. Mm-hmm. It's just like it just happens all so fast and I'm like, I don't feel like I did good today. But then you like break it down and you think about it. You're like, wait a minute. Like, I don't, there's, there's no healthy reason to like compare yourself to other people. But like, I know I was like, you know, I feel bad about myself, but like, I don't know too many other people that worked this hard today. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like a measure of but it's a measure that you personal know. worth. It's, you know it's right like, now. you know what I'm saying? It's not anything that like, I'm not sure how to like evaluate or appreciate that. But I'm like, damn, like, why? I guess it's more of like a outrospective. I don't know mm-hmm. what that, but then introspective where it's like, wait a minute, those people are happy, but they did half the shit I did today. I'm unhappy, but I did so all by the that shit. Math, I like, should be happy. I should be double happy, but I'm not. Yeah. But so I it's I'm like, dissatisfied. it's something that I'm starting to kind of like f- poke around, I guess. Mm-hmm. Still very much just the tip but of the, you know, spear just kind of examining my my habits and then like and i have a, i have help with that so it's like not just me being like mm. right 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 like um so just kind of like looking at it and just being like is this the healthiest way to do this is this like the best for longevity either health or for the business or like will i be able to maintain this pace for how much longer like, what can I adjust slowly over time to make this, like, more manageable so it's yep. not, like, you know, I don't hit these, like, collapse points. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally resonate with, like, the morning routine kind of thing. Because, like, I find that when I've been in roles where I can kind of, like, relax a little bit in the morning, I'm less successful. I was about to say, that's – and that's that's the shift. I – I'm, I shouldn't say that I don't get as much done, but my energy and my emotion is different. I still get everything done in the day, for the most part. Don't worry, I can't do everything. But what's on my agenda to get done today, deadline, gets done, always before I go to sleep. However, how I feel about it in my state, whether if I have anxiety or if I'm frustrated, my happiness versus my dissatisfaction all stems from how I set the tone for that day. Can you save some days? Yes, of course, but it's not the same. It's honestly like, it's the whole like, not win the day, win the first hour of the morning mentality where you crush it and you're like, all right, you know what? You have that momentum, that word we talked about earlier. You keep it going. You start it, you roll the ball down the hill in the morning, then it continues to increase its speed as it goes down the hill. But if I, you know, you know, I, I just, I kind of started, but not really. Maybe, you know, I didn't give, give all of my force to push it. It's not going so fast. I mean, mm. it still gets to the bottom. Everything gets done, but it doesn't travel the same way. It doesn't make me as happy. Yeah. The word, I mean, that is momentum, but like the overall like word that I like to use is juice. Juice. I was thinking like, they're gonna go like velocity. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, just change it like slightly. Or it's like people say juju, like people have like the energy. Yeah. It's like I like to say we have the juice, or we're in the juice right now. In like the we're juice. getting leads that we want. We're connecting a lot of things together, like mm-hmm. the momentum and everything. It's like we have the momentum, but we also have the juice. Or it's mm, like I like it. The Did whole you? the whole thing is coming together the right way. I like it. And I've found that. 
you know, you kind of have to make that happen in a weird way. Like it's kind of like it's energy vibes, like whatever it is. It's just kind of like, yeah, Yeah. you just kind of have to like be like, oh, do we got the juice right now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like it. I'm going to start using that. (laughs) Yeah. I've I've never heard it used that way, but I like it. I I absolutely understand what you're saying. You articulate it in a way and it, it makes sense. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Juju. Yeah. The juju. <laughs> yeah, we got a bunch of gypsies in here. A bunch of <laughs> gypsies. Squeeze some oranges. He's squeezing the juice out of the oranges. <laughs> Bada bing. Yeah. That's what's up. So it seems more that you're, you want to change your routine, not because you're bored, but because you see where you need to kind of make changes to. Exactly. And I think that's that's the other part that's yeah. underlying. This has been a beautiful therapy session. Yeah. How much do I owe you? <laughs> Yeah, that's one doll hair. Yeah, one doll hair. <laughs> yeah, high five. <laughs> that's what we always yeah, say. Absolutely right, though, Gomar. I I absolutely agree with that. And it's just one of those things where it's like, well, it's not just changing it, but like also like making it exciting for a change. Because like you know, new things are shiny, exciting. Ooh ah. Mm-hmm. And I like I said, I just like I want to. I'm feeling challenged in other areas, but not in my routine. And I know that like it was good for what I needed but it's not what I need anymore or not what I need coming up. Yeah. And routines take a while to become uh, part of our, a habit. doesn't just happen overnight. You have to start integrating it now. So if I want to be successful, for example, three, four months from now, I have to start making those changes now. Mm. Let's plant the seed. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Race cars got to race. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to, just got to race. Build that engine. Build it and then race. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 That's what's up. I mean, yeah. a Tesla sounds like. Oh yeah, you're gonna be having one of those soon. So. It's pretty cool. It's a secret. No Tesla's coming anytime soon. Yeah. Um, huh? I'm and definitely not getting a Tesla. Don't put that on Tesla. me. <laughs> Don't you dare put that on We're me. D- turbo diesel until we die. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm not part of like the black smoke nation anymore. Oh uh, yeah, that's Just blowing. That's fucking rolling wild. cold. Dude. <laughs> yeah. That used to be a dream. It used to be semi cool slash embarrassing sometimes. You'd be like, oh, you want to tailgate me and then try and pass me on this? Like, the best would be, Hmm. we'll bet, like, the two lane roads that go into one. Mm -hmm. And people would try and pull up on you. And, like, the last truck, diesel truck I had before this one was like a lot of work put into it. And you'd be like, oh, you want to tailgate me and then try and pass me in the very last second? Why don't you have some of this horsepower? <laughs> I'd be like, dude, my truck is faster than uh, your Corvette. Let's go. And then I would just, like, <laughs> and the turbo would hit, and then the smoke would just pour out of the exhaust pipe. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. You can try and pass me, follow that black coal line to my next traffic light. Suck do it. this again. Yeah, suck it, bro. Yeah. And then you just realize that it's completely pathetic. And unnecessary. There's better things to do with your time than. There you, you know. go. You grow as a person. You change. Yeah, yeah. I, grow. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I probably own a truck like that again. <laughs> <laughs> for fun. <laughs> yeah, man. I'll, I'll probably. No, nah, I was gonna say get a Tesla first, but that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be honest about it. You never get a Tesla. Love that. Just the power. <laughs> power. Um. So thank you for coming in on yeah. such short notice. Yeah, thank for real. you. And bringing coffee. Of yeah. course. Well, I appreciate it. You know, it was something fun. I was so surprised because I usually don't have this block of time. Um, and I had a cancellation. And literally within 45 minutes afterwards, you're like, text me like, hey, you uh, you want to come on? I was like, sure. 
Let's wow. do it. Yeah, the juice. That's yeah, crazy I got the juice. The juice yeah. is coming together. The juju is good. <laughs> um, yeah. So, is there any like things we should highlight for you? Well, your jump rope page. Jump rope, three sixty five days of jumping. I jump rope every day. My beautiful people that also do jump rope don't have to jump every day. It's just about trying something new, getting out of your comfort zone. Um, learn new skills. It's not only is it physically challenging, it's mentally challenging. And I think you meet some of the coolest people. Because a lot of people who jump rope have a lot of energy. So we got a lot of good, high energy, fun happening, you know? You, you sound like a noodle talking about jump rope. But <laughs> it I, is... I love it. It is official. It is... A, it's like... It's... It's quite impressive. It I'm not going to lie. I was excited because today was the first time I hit triple unders. So Forward? Yeah, so like I'd go single, double under, triple under. Single, double under, triple under. They weren't pretty, but I did it. Yep. And that was the first time I've ever hit them consecutively. I did it for three rounds. I was very proud of myself. Yeah, doing double unders like barefoot or without like, the proper shoes is like a real gamble. Because eventually you you're just whipped. gonna Ooh, yeah, hurt. and then your like big toe is like, oh toe. no, <laughs> <laughs> not, not me, just toe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not good. We used to do double unders and like compete for who could do as many in judo, and like we would just like we would waste class. Like we'd all get the mats out and stand on a mat because it like blasts your mm -hmm. knees up over time, and you'd be like, <laughs> and then be like, you hear somebody snap, and you'd be like. Ah, yeah. Oh. And one of the fighters in a room, and you'd be like, nah, I'm not gonna cry. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. PTSD, and when your mom used to hit you with the belt, you're like, <laughs> Yeah, my mom never hit me with the belt. Oh, Bryce, get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that was my fault. <laughs> yeah, was, but look how good of a person you turned out to be. No, yeah, I should have I mean, gotten the belt. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't bad in public. I was just bad in the house. If somebody, <laughs> if somebody took some leather to me earlier on, things might have been different. <laughs> <laughs> Again, my fault though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, own it. Own it, yeah. Was, yeah. I, I am where I am. There's probably a few kids that deserve the belt nowadays, but you'll go to jail for that. Yeah, true. But Shh, no one has to know. No one has to know. No one has to know. Don't no, just tell your kids snitch and get stitches. Hey. Snitches get stitches. If mommy hits you with the belt, you deserved it. There you go. Tell your teachers. Character building right there. So thanks for watching or listening with your ears. Um Michaela Gilmar. Andrew and Rambo. Yeah, Rambo sleeping. Hit, hit the smash like, smash follow the, button. Smash the subscribe link. Yeah, we, share the subscribers. We need to get back up to the original numbers. Yeah. So tell your friend, man. Tell, you your, tell your friends. Tell your mom. Hide your kids. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for coming on. We appreciate you. Thank you. I enjoyed being on the show.